And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I have to tell you about our amazing episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we know, we know Fullscale very, very well around the Startup Hustle halls. They're an amazing sponsor for us. And really, they can be hugely helpful to all of you entrepreneurs, all of you folks out there looking to build a tech product quickly, affordably, doing it efficiently, having a responsive team at your beck and call. We love Full Scale, we love Startup Hustle, and we are very, very grateful to Full Scale for helping us make all this happen. Now, all of that amazingness aside, uh, we have some more amazingness coming to you. So today, we are very, very honored to have um, Angie Conley with us. And Angie is founder and CEO of Abilitech Medical Incorporated. Now, Angie and Abilitech were named to the top Minneapolis startups. And we are very, very excited to have you here with us today and hear about all of the cool things that you're doing. Um, so, so why don't we go ahead and just get started? Angie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Lauren, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yay! Okay, good, good, good. Uh, well, so so let's let's start off with softball. And I just made it for those of you who can't see me. I just made a softball motion, like I know what I'm doing, throwing a softball. Yeah. Oh, Angie caught it. That was amazing. Oh, we're already off to a great start. Uh, all right, Angie. So tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about what you do. Well, thanks. Um, so hi, everyone. Thrilled to be here. Share the Abilitech story. I'm Angie Zavrel Conley. I'm the CEO and founder of Abilitech Medical. We st I started Abilitech August 1st, um, and uh, it, we created the name Abilitech, Ability Meets Technology. And we are solving a problem that has a totally unmet need, because if you lose function of your legs, there's a wheelchair. But if you lose function of your arms, there's really nothing for you until Abilitech. And we have a solution that will help people eat and drink and brush their teeth and quite literally open doors. We help people uh, live more independently. And this 4th of July, and we know now uh, independence means a lot of things to everyone. And it for our patients and the people that we serve, it's really basic things that many of us don't think about very often about how are we going to turn on the lights or get up and uh, take a drink of water? Can we take our own medicine? And it really has a ripple effect, not just on the patients that we serve, but on their families and then on their communities. So we always talk about having an impact physically to help people with activities of daily living, socially, emotionally, to be able to be more present in their communities. 
and economically helping them to become maybe more independent, you know, independent at work or return to the workforce. Sure. I started Abilitech um, after a career at Medtronic where I worked on six different cardiovascular products. I did some fundraising, some med device consulting, and was recruited to lead a nonprofit uh, that was a 3D printed exoskeleton. And what I saw there were kids moving their arms for the first time ever, and their parents looked like they saw a ghost and cried, and it was just this really amazing, yes, um, feel-good experience. However, after just a few days or weeks, people didn't use the device. And it was really understandable why. Uh, And so I started to kind of look at this opportunity. And meantime, my uh, email box and voicemail were just imploding, exploding with, can you help my sister, my mother, my brother with MS, ALS, spinal cord injury? And I thought, wow, this is a huge opportunity. And I think I can solve it. And so using my background in med device, I gathered some uh, key people to look at this opportunity. We went through the Minnesota Business Cup. We ended up winning it three years after. But what it did was it helped provide this structure so that we could develop a business plan, a pitch deck, and a video that I used to be able to raise money to start a Billitech. And I was able to raise uh, a little over $2 million, form a team, uh, hire a lot of part-time people to work and build a solution that we could then use with our clinical partners and start testing. And uh, we were off to a fast start. I subsequently, um, we raised over $12 million to date. Um, we're we're always raising as a CEO to, because we're growing and expanding and and the exciting part is now we are registered with the FDA. We have kicked off clinical studies. We are available for sale and really really excited to help. That that is what a journey. My goodness, like you just you just took us like I'm like I mean that you just took us on a whole journey. Um, <laughs> so so I want to. I'm going to take us back a little bit because kind of earlier you you said some things that I I think deserve a little bit more highlighting. You know, what what you're doing is very tactical. You are creating, designing, and you're coming up with assistive technology. But really what you're doing has so much more impact and power than that. And I think we need to acknowledge that for just a moment because what you're doing is you're giving people who might may not have always had it you're giving them agency and you're giving them autonomy and you're giving ownership of their life and experience you know when when i talk to folks who belong to the disabled community one of the things that i hear a lot about is the infantilization that they experience like because i can't do this one thing i now can't do anything in some people's eyes like i always have people wanting to push my wheelchair for me or you know even though i'm perfectly capable of reaching for that thing and getting it off the shelf people want to do things for me and i i've talked to a lot of people who find that that very frustrating 
And so I think by, by, or, and tell me if this is, is right or wrong, but I would imagine that by doing what you do, by empowering people to, as you said, be more present in their own lives and perform more things for themselves, you're really creating a pretty deep impact psychologically, spiritually, emotionally for the people who avail themselves of your products. Is that, how do you feel about that? it's incredibly exciting and you're right. Um, it is liberating for the people and, it, and it's not just for the person that we're helping, but it's also for their family and their loved ones and their caregivers. So we, we're really solving two problems. We're helping the individual who's lost and regained hopefully function of their arms. But also by doing that, you know, there's sometimes not a dry room in the eye, a dry eye in the room yeah. um, because people are so excited uh, what that means and what that freedom means to them. Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, like I think about folks for, for folks who, who are usually abled, um, you know, imagine when you broke your arm when you were a kid or you, you know, something happened to your leg or something like that. Like most kids have, I, I, I broke my finger once upon a time mm -hmm. and it, and that it wasn't, that's not even mm -hmm. a lot. Like that's, it was not a huge imposition, but still there were like very specific day-to-day -day tasks that were made harder by having my hands not being completely mobile and having it all splinted up. And so even the folks who, are around the disabled community, but don't necessarily interact with them day to day. Like you, you know what this is about. Like if you've ever broken your arm, if you've ever been on crutches, you understand that there are things that you can't do for yourself. There are things that you need to have assistance with there. There's a lot of frustration because everything takes longer, um, you know, and, and spaces aren't necessarily designed for you. And so I, I just, I applaud you and your efforts. Um, you know, what you are doing is creating not, you know, it's not just disruptive or innovative in the med tech community, but you're, you're, you're acting as a change agent for people who often don't have representation and often don't have people advocating for them. So, so way to go. I just wanted to give some grace to that before we, we dive into everything else. <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly right, Lauren. Uh, the disability community uh, is incredibly overlooked, and it's it's a crazy world we live in. And so it is uh, bringing independence, restoring independence to people uh, who are differently abled. It allows us uh, an incredible satisfaction. And in fact, that's part of our mission is to restore independence. And I can't say enough about um, it, this mission and how lucky we are to have uh, a strong sense of mission, which is who we hire and fire by, honestly, uh, to, to uh, because everybody wants to be part and that fuels startup life is, as you know, hard and long hours and weekends and yeah. and and, and when you're putting in that last hour, you know, and it's 11 o'clock or sometimes one o'clock in the morning and, um, 11 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning, and you're, you're really trying to get this, it, you remember, this is bigger than just me. It's bigger than our job, but we're making a difference and we're solving a real problem that has, uh, we feel proud, really proud about our work. And yeah. that, that is a common link with our, our group of 10, our team of 10.
Yeah. Well, so, so I'm going to ask you one more question that's going to make you look real good. <laughs> but do me, do me the honor of telling us what's your, what's your favorite story? Like, I'm sure that you have a ton of stories of folks who have used your technologies and it, it changed their life. Or, you know, I don't even care if it changed their life. It changed their day. You know, it made their day better. Talk to us. Talk to us about that. Tell us some of the stories. It's always hard to isolate just one person because we sure. do have some amazing <laughs> stories. But I'll speak to a feasibility study that we did in California last week or last month. And so we fit nine people who lived with spinal cord injuries. And we have a couple that were really powerful. One woman uh, is living with her. She's an adult and lives with her family. And just, I asked her, what does this mean to you? Um, what does our device mean? How will it change your life? And she burst into tears. And I was just looking for a simple testimonial. And she said, this means, and you know, she, she cried, but she talked about working as a family therapist and the ability to work with children and, and, and adults and be able to express herself. And she, she wanted to be able to write and um, paint. She's an artist and, and work. And, um, our device will help her uh, return to work the workforce. So that was really exciting um, to, to see her. And, and then as a therapist, of course, she went on to talk about what does that mean to her? And, and we heard a lot about the expression of being able to write and, and talk, but also, um, you know, paint and, and, and having somebody to do something for you all the time, being able to have it to feed you, brush your teeth or brush your hair, really can, it's not a comfortable spot for many people. So we were, that was, that was a powerful story. We also saw a man who had a stroke and he was able to reach for his wife's hand and they both oh, broke broke my heart. Yeah. And that was, that was um, very meaningful. Um, and sure. then, you know, it's just hard to distill all these conversations. One last one. This was a powerful, there was a little girl with a congenital muscular dystrophy and we, we actually have this on tape. And I said, well, what does this feel to you? Cause we're always trying to understand how, to, what does it feel like? And what is this, how will this change your life? And she said, living with muscular dystrophy, and these were really her words at 10 or 12 years old. It was so profound. She said, it feels like I'm living in a box and my arms can't move and I can't reach out. They're cr cramped, right? So they're tied up kind of close to her body. Yeah. And this makes me feel like I'm running free in a field and my arms are oh, running with no. me. And I just thought, wow, that was, uh, that's a powerful image that it just that freedom. It is a powerful image. My goodness. I just got goosebumps from that. You can't even see that folks that I just got goosebumps. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that's amazing. That's incredible. And it must feel, you know, 
going to work and being on, an entrepreneur is one thing, you know, and I, and I love entrepreneurs. Like anybody who's listened to my show before knows that I think entrepreneurs are the smartest, most creative, most passionate individuals that you're going to find because you have to be in order to do the work. So I'm going to go ahead and elevate you and put you on that entrepreneurial platform, but I'm also going to put you on the change maker, change agent platform pedestal as well. Like in feeling that way about your work and being able to make that kind of impact, it must really, um, it must feel good. (laughs) Thank you. It feels great. And it really, um, as you know, there's a real challenging side of running your own business and getting funding to continue. And uh, so it, it's got to feel good to make it worthwhile for sure, because it, it we're seeing the right things. We're, we're really changing lives and, um, and we're seeing incredible clinical support from our partners and interest in many different patient populations. So it feels good, and that really sustains us uh, to do the the hard stuff. And 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 it's not always comfortable, right? So okay. um, it, it feels we need that balance. And so sometimes it's like part of your gratitude journal, right? You just need to remember all the. Um, all the good stories and the ways we're, we're helping people. Awesome. Well, so, so that was, we, we just, we went down like a whole path and a whole road about some of the awesome things about what you do, but now let's, let's talk specifics. So, so can you tell us about it? Is it Abilitech assist? Is that what the product is called specifically? Yes, it is. Um, Keep bearing in mind that, you know, this is all audio, so we can't really have too many visual aids, but tell us about it. Sure. So it's a wearable device. Some people would call it an exoskeleton um, where you you put a little vest on, it zips on and uh, Velcro's around your waist, and then you strap on uh, this device on the outside of your arm. We have a spring and a motor inside the um, device at the shoulder and at the elbow. And the motors just tension the springs to be able to uh, provide the necessary strength for each patient population. So it's uh, customized and it makes people feel like if they're in a swimming pool and their arms are totally gravity supported by the weight of the water. And so they're able to move very fluidly and some people also describe it as power steering for the arms. So oh, wow. you know, those are that. the two analogies that people use when they when they try on a, their device. They feel like it's their arms are completely weightless. And so they're able to move. But they do need some strength to be able to initiate that movement. And then this device kind of augments their ability to do that with repetition and with weight. So you can lift a spoon or a cell phone or a 12 ounce can of water repetitively and really you don't get tired. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like power steering for the arm needs to go on the business cards if it's not already. Okay. Uh, but so, so you mentioned that it kind of, I, and I'm sure that this is because they're, they're people's needs are so widely divergent. Um, but you mentioned that you have to kind of calibrate it to each individual 
talk to us about that process. Like if you are a patient or client or customer, what does the experience with Abilitech Assist look like? Well, the important thing is, is this is done in the very first visit uh, with the patient once for the lifetime of the device. So while it's complex and, you know, done by a trained Abilitech um, salesperson, uh, it is it is done once within the first hour of the um, visit with the patient, and then it's good for the it's customized. So it is um, the device has a humeral component for the shoulder that slides. So we have a medium and a large, and soon next year, early next year, we'll have a small for the arm, and and that's adjusted so that it fits your arm perfectly. Then we have to select a spring for the upper arm and the lower arm that is chosen specifically for the weight of the arm, which on the average person is about 5% um, of your total body weight. And for some of the people we help, it might be 3%. So we go through that. It's a little bit like a going to the eye doctor. Do you like A or B, A or B? And so we go through and- Oh, I know that process. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we've got that. And then we go through the motor calibration with the software and we calibrate it specifically. So there's several steps that we go and um, as well, the the customization for the body frame as well. So there's some mechanical and software and um, parts that that need to be customized for the patient. And then you know, we optimize it so that it's so and then from there on out, the patient and their caregiver need to put it on, um, turn it on, and then they can adjust between the three loads. It's as simple as that. So we've designed it to be fit um, once and make it really simple for the user. But it's actually got a lot of brains behind it and, and quite a bit of customization that's done in the first hour. Okay. All right. Well, so so kind of an arduous process with a lot of moving parts, but you only have to do it once and then your life gets changed immeasurably. Is that kind of kind of how it goes? No, I want to simplify in that, you know, we once we take it and order it for the patient, uh, it is manufactured for specifically based on those measurements and then custom fit, not custom fabricated. But then it makes it easy for everybody. So the work's yeah. done up front by us. For sure. Well, that is awesome. And and I got to tell you, I mean, it sounds like you, you, you've you clearly put a lot of thought into this process. Um, you know, your ability to serve your customers is is obviously on point. You were named a top Minneapolis startups. Woo -woo. Uh, <laughs> the amazing things that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that you had a lot of help along the way. And I am... Really excited to talk to our entrepreneurs listening at home about some help that they could have if you're interested in starting a tech company and want to build a software application or, you know, build something techie, you know, who can help you do it. That would be fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and you don't have to worry about, you know, finding just the right person because Fullscale has already done it for you. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Also want to mention to folks at home listening, uh, if you haven't heard about Pipeline Entrepreneurs, I think they're here 
they are getting ready to start their next cohort. Not sure exactly when, but it'll be here pretty quick. But they do amazing work to support entrepreneurs, uh, particularly entrepreneurs in the tech space. And they are going to be taking over the Startup Hustle podcast. Um, get excited about meeting Melissa Vincent of Pipeline Entre Entrepreneurs. This organization is doing incredible work for entrepreneurial ecosystem building in the Midwest. So keep an eye out for those episodes. Uh, so, so talk to me. Talk to me about this. Um, you know, we, we've kind of we've talked about the device itself, but what about what about the process of building the company? We've referenced several times. You know, it's we all know it's hard to be an entrepreneur. But what are some of the what are some of the highlights? Talk to us about what it was like to start a company and kind of what processes you had to go through. Wow. Well, I had a lot of background at Medtronic where I was developed, you know, I had the business side of things down where I'd built business plans. Uh, I had never really done a pitch deck, but I knew how. So I think one of the things is to make sure that you're staying married to the problem, that you really understand customer requirements. That helps drive um, considering all the stakeholders that are involved and how to, um, develop device requirements that consider and then a timeline and act within resources. And so if, you know, little shout out to kind of a full scale software development model there, that's what we had to do uh, to be able to, you know, begin Abilitech. It was me and a guy named John Zencraft that we started Abilitech. And then we went into an engineering firm and we needed not just a mechanical, but a, you know, we needed a human factors and we needed a software engineer and we needed um, all kinds of different resources, you know, a legal, a contract, um, CFO, you know, an attorney that would, could provide support. So you really have to, you can't just start out of the gate. You use a contract manufacturer. Um, and so back to somebody like a full scale, that's the model that you need, uh, that you start with when you're building a, when you're building a company is a little bit. And then eventually um, you have to evaluate the trade-off of, does it make sense to use um, them full time because they go deep and they're, um, you know, great, or do you bring some things in house? And so software is always changing. So a lot of times it makes sense to do something like that and keep them, but then internally you don't have to wait in line for engineers. You want to have a full dedicated engineering team. So that's one of the things I'm so excited about now is we have the right team in place. We have eight, we have three people in the field. Um, in sales, one in reimbursement, and six here in Minneapolis that are, you know, four engineers, a clinical, and myself, and then a lot of contract people. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. I think you can't do it all, and it's really as you grow and expand, it's nice to be able to have the resources to um, bring some of it in house. But there's others that just make sense to leave it to the experts. Yeah, you have to you have to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, and then you have to <laughs> yeah. give you. I, um, I have a team of people who are smarter than I, and that's yeah, the no, I, I know yeah. the feeling. Um, well, so so talk to us a little bit more about that team. Like, here, here's your opportunity to brag a little bit if you are so inclined. But when you were building out that team, what specifically were you looking for? What kind of values alignment? What kind of skills? You know, how did you go about? figuring out what you needed. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, back to that requirements list, you can kind of look at the hard skills, but what one of the things I've learned over time is uh, the ability to be comfortable being uncomfortable <laughs> and the in, interest um, in, in grow, a growth mindset and being able to wear many different hats. So my some of my best employees are ones that have played many different roles, you know, here at Abilitech and uh, because we can't afford to hire everybody. So when you're here, you wear, you know, sometimes I think I need three heads, <laughs> uh, three brains, but that's because, you know, I, at times I wear nine hats. And so who do I hire? I hire people who, um, have that growth mindset, who are always interested in learning and trying new things and have that can-do attitude of just, you know, and then, you know, yeah, I'll try, I'll give it a go, or I'll be resourceful and look and learn and I'll ask for help when I need it. Uh, the people who don't work are often people who might be from a big uh, company. And I've been really surprised at some of the transitions from, you know, oh, well, that would be, you know, reimbursement or that would be, you know, and they really get kind of um, yeah. secular. They have a, and that's one of the thrills I think of, of, you know, of a, of a startup really is being able to, at Medtronic, for example, I went an inch wide and a mile deep and I became a cog in a wheel. And now I, in a startup, I, I feel like you got to be the wheel. And so uh, I think that transition is not as easy for everyone is yeah. what I'll say. And, sure. and it's nice to go so fast and be so nimble uh, with a small agile team. Yeah, no, I love that too. I actually talk about that all the time. So I, I also, I come from a corporate background and one of the biggest revelations and one of the things that I have come to be most enthusiastic about in my entrepreneurial startup journey is the fact that there's no such thing as not my job in the startup mm -hmm. world. You, operate. Right. you never have enough people, you never have enough time, you never have enough resources, but you also get to wear like tw you get to wear 20 different hats and no day looks different. So for mm. people who thrive in those kinds of environments, which clearly you are, and you look for people who also do that, you know, the, the startup life, there's no beating it because you get to be inventive and adaptable and, you know, you get to throw ideas out there. And one of the things that I love is, is experimental. Like, let's talk about, what are some things that you tried that, that didn't work? What are some things that you had no idea that they would work and you gave it a shot and it weren't alarmingly well? Like, you know, you have to be experimental and open to trying things because there's no roadmap to, to success on the entrepreneurial journey. Talk to us about that. Um, that's a great question. And I'll say that uh, you do have to be able to pivot with new information. When I founded Abilitech, my eyes were set on the stroke rehab market because moving with intention and repetition facilitates neuroplastic healing. And we know people will get stronger who have like stroke, for example, and it's a you know $20 billion market opportunity. Uh, what, what I also know is that uh, we'd be called the exercise equipment if we went after that indication right away. So we, 
we knew that let's start. So I started there with stroke thinking, look at this huge opportunity, but what's the roadmap there? The roadmap there, it was a stronger business uh, plan to begin with patients that you could demonstrate right away efficacy like we can with spinal cord, muscular dystrophy, and MS, that we can get them to do activities of daily living. Then we study it. Then we step into stroke. And once we have the data to improve and the team in place. And so that was a big pivot and kind of a learning lesson that we discovered initially. Um, another, uh, you know, thing that was quick um, to be able to pivot was like a design. You know, the, I talked a little bit about the customization of the vest and how to get that. It's it's sensitive because it's something you wear every day and you want to be able to have it fit just right and feel comfortable that people are 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 down for wearing it. And so what and, it, and that took some time. So what we did is we developed a, we asked engineers to develop a uh, a demonstration stand where they could sit in a chair and put their arm in right away and get a sense of, does this work for me? And then if we decide, um, yep, you're a great candidate, you can do all these activities of daily living and, and there's a huge value proposition, then we go into the vest fitting. That helps shortcut our um, sales you know, cycle. It helps us fit into the one hour meeting with a therapist. Um, for that first hour meeting. And so that was another example of how, you know, we, we were able to change something and adapt and learn and grow. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, do you ever, do you ever wish or long for the stability of that regular paycheck and that, you know, I, I, I actually love what you said, what it was a, an inch wide and a mile deep. Yeah. Said, <laughs> right. Yeah. I've never, I, so i I've never heard that phrase before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's when you're talking about specialization versus generalists, you know? Yep. Um, and I think generalists tend to do well in a startup environment because you always have to know a little bit about a lot of stuff until you need to know more. And then you have to know enough to do your research, right? <laughs> Yeah. And, and to answer your question, I don't miss the corporate world. I, I miss the, um, I miss sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> I would like yeah. to sleep more and have more weekends on my own. But I, I honestly, um, you know, it is so rewarding and it's especially exciting to be at the stage where we're really seeing the fruits of our labor um, convert into real world evidence and, and smiles. And so yeah. I think, um, that, that brings it all back. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sell Cheerios. It, it doesn't, you know, as Bill George said at Medtronic, it doesn't have soul and, uh, it's a general mills is a Minnesota company. Hey. For those who don't know. So, Hey, uh Oh, are they a sponsor? No. What? I like Cheerios. <laughs> oh, I like Cheerios too. Cheerios are great. And General Mills, I got to no, say, I, I, I have more fun building a, a, a an assistive device like we do um, rather than, you know, than other things. So anyway, yeah, I don't miss the corporate world. This learning curve is uh, unbelievable. 
Uh, it's been very exciting, uh, very rewarding, and I've learned a tremendous amount. My my brain, the neuroplasticity, it would have been really fun to do a scan of my brain before Abilitech and after because it probably looks a lot different. Oh my gosh, your, your neural pathways for innovation, like, I don't know where that lives on your you know, cerebral cortex, but it, they got to be way deep. Uh, yeah. so, so talk to me. All right, I'm going to ask. So, so all right, I, I have two more questions. So, <laughs> my, my, I, I was like, I've been trying to decide, like, which one do I want to ask next? Because there are like ways the conversation can go, but here's what I'm going with. You mentioned the fruits of your labor. And, you know, one, one of the, the very tangible fruits or is the fact that you, you said smiles, like you get to see this deep impact that your product and your company is making on the lives of people who are, you know, they just, they need support and they need, you know, this opportunity that you are, that you're giving them, you know, it's amazing. Um, but what other, what other fruits of labor are you starting to see? You definitely just got top Minneapolis startups. So that's a huge honor. I don't know if you knew. Huge honor. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm so flattered and humbled because we have a terrific startup community here with a lot of admirable people. Um, I, we've been lucky. We've and and we've worked really, really hard. And so um, unapologetically, you know, we won the Minnesota Cup. We won the Techni Award. I've recently been named as a, a finalist in the EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, for Congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. <laughs> um, quite an honor. And, you know, there's all kinds of rewards. Uh, the most important ones are that we know we're making a difference um, and we do see those smiles and uh, that we have, you know, the team in place and that we're, we're bringing it home, uh, that we're, we're sowing seeds, we're making the world a better place. And I think, you know, we have tremendous clinical support and, an interest in our device. And that is, is so encouraging. It helps paint a vision of where we can go. And uh, it's going to be an exciting road ahead. Yeah. Well, that, that is incredible. And now I'm going to ask the second question that I was going to okay. ask. Uh, and, and here it comes. But, you know, we've talked a lot about, about you and we've talked about assistive technology and kind of what it would tell us a little bit about kind of the landscape you know, what are you seeing in the future for assistive technologies or even, you know, for you and your company? Like what what's coming down the pipeline that gets you excited, Angie? Well, I mean, the landscape is really exciting. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that some of the brain cognitive interface, you know, where they, you know, is is part of the future, but it's a long ways off. It's invasive. And it'll be exciting and important, but uh, what our technology I would maintain is just is is here now can make a difference, and it is more affordable. Um, what gets me excited is this is our first generation device. We have a team in place where we have grants that are funding the development of a hand grip device to be able to complement our shoulder and elbow. So we'll have shoulder, elbow, hand. Uh, we have plans to take all the data that we and sales and learning that we have now and build our next gen device that it will be really more, it'll scale and, and develop that stroke market, which will be very exciting as well. 
So uh, that that is uh, it. You know what's we're here now. We're learning. We built our pro. You know our there's a lot of fundamentals that we've and hurdles that we've developed. Um, and we've reached, and now it's an opportunity to use this learning and just keep getting better. So if you think of that old calculator that used to sit at my dad's desk that he paid a thousand dollars for, dates me, but um, it's now in our pocket on our phone. And so as we look forward into accessible technology, my hope is that when you lose function of your legs, you get a wheelchair. When you lose function of your arms, you get the Billitech Assist. And with it will come a hand if you need it. And it'll be even imp more improved model than we offer now at a, at a lower cost. Amazing. You know, and that is such a, it's such an exquisite and yet simple dream. Like I just want to be better and I just want to help more people like that. That's basically what I just condensed down what you just said. And yeah. that is a, a brilliant and noble goal. I love it. All Thank right, you. are you ready for your stupid question that I warned you was coming? Are okay, shoot. Okay, so here it comes. I this actually has nothing to do with anything whatsoever. Um, I find it really difficult to make light of the work that you're doing because I think what you're doing is so incredible. So I'm just coming out of left field with yeah. this one. But here it comes. Um, I think you're a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> so if you where's my cape? <laughs> I think you need one. I feel I feel like like I'm gonna I need to reach out to your team and just be like, hey, I got a gift idea come Christmas. Yeah. Um, so if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh man. I know, right? That's a tough one. I, uh, yeah, like, I, I, I mean, fly. That's what I what I right away I think of as flying, you know, just to be yeah. able to be, you know, to a play, you know, two different places at the same time or you know, the next. But I mean, just the excitement of taking off and that that launch is pretty amazing. So I'd love to fly. Um sure. Yeah. That's a, and you know what? I, I think that there is a beautiful, um, what is that? Uh, what's it called? Sy uh, symbiotic. It's not symbiotic. It's when things are. Synergy. There's a good synergy there. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. There's a really good synergy there because I, I imagine that you have some clients that like, you know, if they're using their arms at almost full potential or full potential for the first time, I bet they feel like they're flying. I bet they feel very yeah. free. In the future, maybe we'll have jetpacks with our. Oh arms, my gosh! Right? <laughs> your mouth. That would be a lot of fun. Your mouth. That's, that's what we need. That's what we need. Like we need to let's stop thinking about human male like male pattern baldness and let's focus on jetpacks, guys. Priorities. Come on. Um, well, so I'll tell you what, Angie. It has been lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. This was great. My pleasure. Thank you, Lauren. I enjoyed it. Laughed okay. a little more than I thought I would. Yes, that is the goal. That is the goal. Well, it, it, like I said, you know, I, I, I've loved every second of it. And I also love, and we all love, and I'm telling you entrepreneurs at home that, that we all love today's episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we are very grateful for their patronage because it allows me to babble at you with awesome people for 40 minutes once a week. And I love every second of it. So thanks for letting me do it, folks. And thank you 
so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Thanks, Thanks Lauren. Lauren. Thanks, Thanks. Full Scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.